And welcome on into Local News Live Daily, where we bring you a bit more of an in-depth look at the biggest stories facing us on our shift here on Local News Live for your routine, your commute, your daily movement. If you don't know what Local News Live is, we bring you local news from around the nation, thanks to our great TV stations from across the country. We broadcast them to you live, unedited, un altered, unchanged. It's just the local news happening for you right in front of you. Joining with me is my co-anchor, co-pilot, co-captain of the ship we're both driving here, Victoria Shirley. Victoria, how are you today? Good. Thanks for that great introduction. I like that description. Co-captain, co-pilots, co Co-everything. Co-everything. It's so. like the, the, the way this works is I am nothing without her. I like to think she's a little worse <laughs> off without me. So yes, here we're we a good team. Go. Exactly. Exactly. Now we're, we're going to take you straight into the headlines again. These are some of the biggest stories we covered on our shift here today. You know, this is local news from our great TV stations across the nation. We are on from 10 a.m. until 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, uh, 9 to 2 Central Standard Time. You can Google all the other standard times. So we are going to get to a pretty big, pretty tragic first story right out the gate. This is coming from our gray station WFIE, which is based in kind of the in-between area between Indiana and Ohio, but they also cover Kentucky at the very same time. They've got a tri-state market. And unfortunately, in Ohio County, Kentucky, Investigators were back on the scene out there today in that county on the 5700 block of Highway 62 when state troopers said a fourth victim was found badly burned inside a barn. And we say fourth victim because that victim was found inside a barn that had caught fire when three other victims were found shot outside that barn. Now those three other individuals, two men, one woman, they were found there earlier this week, just after 4.30 p.m. on Wednesday. Again, this is all coming to us from the Ohio County Sheriff's Office. Well, unfortunately, none of our WFIE crew members are able to get anywhere close to the barn, but they were live on the scene again. They stayed live throughout the day to bring us even more details. And Victoria, I'll let you go into a few more of those. Yeah, so we learned that fire crews uh, were working this morning to cool down that barn that was burned so they could investigate, and that's when that fourth body was discovered. Um, though we are being told that they're not looking for a shooter right now, so a lot more details need to come out there, and WFIE had at least two reporters out there when we were jumping in and out of their live coverage. So I'm sure they're gonna have much more information on their website, which is 14news.com. And we'll follow up uh, to get those details also during our shift on Local News Live tomorrow. Absolutely, because the, the, the biggest question when you face a tragic story like this, the biggest question is why? Why did this happen? What led up to this? What's the motive? And obviously, you know, Kentucky State Patrol troopers are going to continue their investigation and they'll relay every detail they can to us 
as they continue to work through that investigation. So they will release details to the public when they're ready through us, through their own social media, and whatever we find we bring to you right here on Local News Live. So that's something in in Ohio County, Kentucky, that our great station WFIE will continue to follow, that will continue to follow. Again, like I often say on our newscast, the minute we know more, you'll know more here on Local News Live. And we have other issues that we cover today facing multiple states. Victoria, I'll let you continue on to this next one. We've got COVID-19 policy changes being changed from state to state, don't we? Yes, definitely. We brought you live, the live press conference where Governor Gretchen Whitmer, uh, we saw the podium set up in a ballpark. So we thought, okay, she's probably going to announce some kind of capacity changes for the outdoors. And surely she did. Um, She announced that uh, the first step to lifting all restrictions will begin soon. She announced that uh, all outdoor capacity limits will be lifted on June 1st. So that means that that ballpark she was standing at, which was uh, Dow Diamond and Midland, uh, she announced that the, essentially the stadiums could be filled to 100% capacity on June 1st. And as for indoor activities, it would be moved to a 50% capacity through the month of June. That means people who are having weddings, graduations, funerals, and conferences, they'll be allowed to go ahead and fill half of those venues. And the caveat there though, is throughout June, people who are not fully vaccinated will of course still need to wear masks. Um, But she did mention that on July 1st, they're lifting all COVID-19 mitigation measures. So masks and gathering orders will be lifted and the state will no longer have to abide by COVID-19. And then of course she added the, you know, the caution, unless of course, unanticipated circumstances arise is what she said, but she doesn't believe that's going to happen. So it looks like in Michigan, things will pretty much be back to normal by July 1st, by the 4th of July. And then after we took that press conference, we went to Arkansas and Nick, I'll let you go ahead and um, give the update there to what Asa Hutchinson, the governor in Arkansas announced in Arkansas this morning. Right, absolutely. So we went right from Governor Whitmer to Governor Hutchinson out of Arkansas, who is uh, basically lifting almost everything around the same time. Now, Governor Asa Hutchinson, he's the Republican governor in Arkansas. Now, he announced today that the current COVID-19 state of emergency that is currently on the state of Arkansas, well, that's going to end by the end of this month in just 10 days on May 30th. Governor Hutchinson said they're ending the public health emergency because He said, quote, everybody in Arkansas knows what to do. The governor said the hospitalizations are down. And every adult in Arkansas, in fact, everyone 12 plus years of age, they have access to those vaccines. But that doesn't mean that just because there's no emergency that the state's not going to continue to maintain its efforts to manage the virus. They're going to keep doing that. And in the same breath, Governor Hutchinson announced that he's going to do a more than $6 million ad campaign designed to encourage every Arkansan to get vaccinated. And that uh, two, excuse me, in fact, $2 million more dollars on top of that more than $6 million is going to be targeted toward minorities. 
So he's urging residents to get vaccinated and to protect themselves from the virus, but that emergency order is going to be lifted. So there's two big COVID-19 changes happening in two states, Michigan and Arkansas. And so we continue to cover that COVID-19 throughout the country because a lot of these changes now that the CDC is saying that fully vaccinated people don't need to wear masks indoors and outdoors. But again, there's a lot of catches. There's a lot of caveats when it comes to the state level and local level. So every time, wherever we've got a great TV station and they're talking about what their state or their community's leadership is doing with COVID-19, we're going to carry that for you right here on Local News Live. And we're going to carry the conference. We're going to let you listen to it and make your own judgments. Infer what you will from the straight facts, straight from the mouths of your public officials, like our manager, Sean Wheat says, like our corporate managers at Great TV have told us, we are the tour guides of your local news coverage. We're just gonna let it flow and we're gonna guide you through it from place to place to place to place to place. And speaking of from place to place to place to place, we have more news in the law enforcement world across two different states as well. And Victoria, I'll let you kick off the next one. Yeah, so we, this next story is brought to you by KKTV. They're the station out of Colorado Springs, Colorado, and we took their live coverage several times. They've got a, their own digital news desk, so uh, th that's a great resource for us. And they had a reporter that was live in Lincoln County, and that's because Lincoln County, Colorado, in Lincoln County, Colorado, a sheriff's deputy, Sheriff Michael Hutton, he, according to sheriff's deputies say, is in stable condition after a reported ambush that happens around three this morning on Thursday, May 20th. The Lincoln County Sheriff's Office did say that a suspect has been located with a self-inflicted gunshot wound. And uh, the Sheriff's Office told the reporter there in Colorado Springs that they got calls for a theft in progress. Um, and to kind of give you a locator of where Lincoln County is, it's about an hour and a half northeast of Colorado Springs. And that's when uh, officials say the deputy, Sheriff Michael Hutton, got there and was reportedly ambushed and shot at several times. He then, of course, called for assistance and numerous agencies responded. And he was taken to a metro area hospital. And of course, like I said at the top, of this story, he is currently in serious but stable condition. And the sheriff's office, Lincoln Sheriff, you can see their Twitter handle at, at Lincoln County SO. They tweeted a picture of him giving, flashing a thumbs up sign to the camera, but definitely hooked up to lots of cords there and looking um, not well, but of course he felt well enough to go ahead and flash that thumbs up. So it's Good to know that he is feeling well enough to uh, give that camera a thumbs up. So KKTV says at the time that they had written the article, they weren't sure if the deputy was even able to return fire. So this is another developing story that KKTV will have much more information on. You can go to their website, kktv.com, and learn much more about the circumstances surrounding that situation in Lincoln County, Colorado. Absolutely. And we, we did carry, in addition to that uh, live reporter's uh, latest report, we carried 
you know, a news conference from Lincoln County as well, in which they took many questions from reporters gathered there. One of those questions was about the body cam video on Deputy Sheriff Hutton, and if that was going to be released. And that that was something that the Lincoln County Sheriff's Department could not provide an answer to as of right now. So if if the body camera is provided to us at all, then we will, of course, KKTV will, of course, get their hands on that, provide that information to the public so that maybe a little bit more light can be shed on what exactly happened in that tense situation. He was shot in an ambush style attack. And if he was not able to return fire at all, the body cam will definitely shed a little more light on that. Speaking of body cams, you know, that's a hot topic issue amongst law enforcement across the country. doesn't matter where you are. And that's been an issue facing the Shreveport Police Department for years now. Victoria and I were both reporters in Shreveport, Louisiana at the same station. We both worked on that market. And Victoria, you know, they were talking about body cams for their officers years ago when we were still there. I mean, I, I was only at KSLA, our gray TV station there, for about a year or so more after you were gone. And I left back in 2017. They were talking about this back in 2017. Well, now there's a renewed effort meant a renewed effort at a news conference that happened today at the Shreveport Police Department at the mayor's office, which Shreveport has a brand new mayor now, or at least a mayor who's only a year or two in, Mayor Adrian Perkins. So a new mayor's administration has now taken on the call for Shreveport Police Department. But Shreveport Mayor Adrian Perkins announced today that the Shreveport Police Department will start equipping officers with body cameras, all of them by this summer in an attempt to help officers with their evidence gathering and to help improve the public's trust in law enforcement. Mayor Perkins called this, called body cameras an integral tool to provide transparency and resolve allegations of misconduct. Uh, yeah, and office. I think, oh, sorry to jump in, but I think something that, uh, that was really notable that I took away from this press conference is the fact that it took uh, private members of the public to step up and raise money to donate $200,000 for these body cameras. So um, it definitely was, a, you know, the people in the public wanted these officers to have this kind of accountability on both sides for the protection of the officer and the protection of the people. And so they had to raise their own money. Uh, for example, CEO of Griggs Enterprise, Roy Griggs, he's the one who spoke on behalf of Shreveport's concerned business people that wanted this money to go to body cameras. Um, and I should note that uh, it, you know, you had mentioned that it's going to be mandatory for officers to start wearing body cameras this summer, but this money will only be able to provide 400 body cameras. And that's not enough for every patrol, every officer, but that's enough for every patrol officer that will actually interact with citizens. So that's according to Shreveport Police Chief Ben Raymond. So that's definitely something to note that uh, two things that it took the private community to raise this money to make sure this happens. And the other is the fact that it's not enough for all of them, but just enough for the ones that will be out in the community interacting with citizens. Yeah, absolutely. The money for those 400 cameras raised by the concerned business people of Shreveport. Like we said, it's an organization made up of business and community leaders. And so 
they discussed the launch of those cameras. So by the end of the summer, that's when 400 Shreveport police officers will be able to be outfitted with those cameras. And with that story, that comes, uh, comes to the end of this podcast, the meat of some of the biggest stories we were covering here on Local News Live. But believe it or not, that doesn't even cover everything we featured on Local News Live. We featured a lot more local stories. You can watch all of that for yourself right here on Local News Live. But here's the call to action. Where can you find Local News Live? Do you have a great TV station in your area? You can find out by logging on to gray.tv. They've got a great interactive map of where every single one of their TV stations are, state by state, city by city. You can go look for it yourself and you can log on to any of those great TV stations. Look at that top bar when you first log in. On the left, you know, usually let's left side of the top bar, more toward the left side of the top bar, you'll find a live option. You can click on that, and that's when you can watch us, assuming that that great TV station isn't breaking in for local coverage or isn't streaming one of their newscasts, their regularly scheduled newscasts. So that's where you can find us. You can find Victoria and I, again, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 9 to 4 Central. You can look up the others. I don't know them. So thank you very much for joining us. Victoria, anything else to add? Yeah, definitely. Um, so a couple stories we're going to dig into a little bit more tomorrow. Uh, of course, we're jumping in and out of the trial uh, for the suspect that's accused of killing Molly Tibbetts. Of course, she went missing in July of 2018 in Iowa. And also, uh, we're working on securing uh, the chief investigative reporter from our station in Jackson, Mississippi, about the latest developments about the George Robinson, the trial against uh, the police officers who are accused of killing George Robinson. Uh, just to give you a brief rundown of that, Desmond Barney and Lincoln Lampley, they've been on trial all week, charged with second degree murder of a 62 year old that they say failed to comply when they asked him to get out of the, his car during a traffic stop. And he ended up dying of multiple head injuries that multiple witnesses claim uh, that these police officers caused those head injuries. But the twist here is a judge today decided to throw out this, the charges and to end the trial saying there wasn't enough evidence of the DA. We held a press con or we covered a press conference where the DA said uh, that he felt there were enough there was enough evidence to move forward with this trial, but, you know, it's kind of a convoluted case. There are lots of moving parts. So we're hoping to secure an interview with someone within gray to kind of break this case down for us. Someone from the community that's been following this case for years now, since it happens. And we will hopefully have that for you uh, coming up tomorrow or next week. So that about wraps it up. Everything that we wanted to bring to you today um, and like Nick said, you can find us by clicking on the watch live tab on any of your local great TV websites. And if you don't have a great TV station where you live, you can always go to gray.tv and there's a map on their homepage and you can just pick any of those websites and find us there. So for now, I'm Victoria Shirley with local news live and joining me is, uh, Nick Lawton, who at the top of the show, we called the co-host, co-captain, co-driver uh, of the ship, or however that, however that goes. So, all right. Thanks so much for listening in. We'll see you next time. Be safe out there, guys.